Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Thank you so much. Now, come on, somebody. Let's give Jesus praise today. He's the one worthy. Amen. Come on, remain standing if you can for the reading of the word together. Man, what a privilege it is for us to be in Bethesda Church today. Uh, God is so good. We had an incredible time in the first service, but they said this second service gets a little crazy. But that's all right. That's all right. I'm good with that. I'm good with it. I feel like preaching this morning. Uh, so I'm looking forward to being with you. I give honor to Pastor Chad and First Lady Miss Karen. Come on, you got the best pastors in all the world. Come on, act like you love them here. I love you guys. They are, they are awesome people. And uh, so I'm so thankful to be back at Bethesda. I, first time I ever came to Bethesda was back in, we figured out it was like 2006, we think, uh, back in the, in the old building over there. And uh, Pastor Chow was a youth pastor then. And I was a youth pastor in, at North Cleveland. And uh, so we, our, our paths crossed. And so we're, I'm so thankful. I'm going to tell you what, thanks for letting us borrow him last year. He preached a message in our house that was entitled Significant Steps. And it, it was a powerful message for us, and we needed it. It was timely, and so we are so thankful. Amy and I, I'm, I'm always, good, always glad when I have my wife, Amy, traveling with me. She's right over here to my right, and I know you're going to see her after the service, and you're going to look at me, and you're going to say, how in the world did you marry that girl? All I can tell you is Jesus has been good to me. Come on, somebody. Amen. So I love her. She looks so good today. Uh, we, she was, she's been preaching and we were in Jackson, Mississippi this weekend. She preached at a ladies conference of over uh, about 500 ladies in Jackson, Mississippi on Friday night and Saturday. And we about did not get here. We had plane trouble, delays. We ran in Charlotte to catch our plane, but her luggage didn't make it. So when you see her cool shoes today, please don't give her grief. It's all we had on us, okay? So, uh, but we know it was a divine appointment, and uh, we had to go to Walmart in Roanoke last night about 1230. There's some scary people in Walmart at 1230. Come on. But uh, God was good. We made it through. He kept us saved. We prayed, uh, asked God to help us get out of there, and we did. Came up 220 and then hit 64. And, man, we just we saw 10 deer. God's good. We didn't hit a one of them. And so it was, it was good. But, man, I'm so glad to be with you all today. Isn't God good? Look at this. Isn't this amazing? Amen. Amen. We celebrate. We celebrate. I, uh, when Pastor Chad was in our building last year, I told him uh, he was in the middle of the process. I said, hey, man, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it, man. I know right now you've got headaches, but it's going to be worth it. And I'm so excited to be here today. I'm definitely the least of all the preachers that are on this great celebration week. But I am so honored to be with you today. And I look forward to breaking, uh, breaking the word open with you. Come on, grab your Bible, whether it's leather bound or one that glows. Uh, if you don't have it, it'll be on the screen for you here in a second. Uh, look with me in Isaiah chapter 45. We want to welcome our online campus. I know Pastor did that, but we're so glad you're joining us here at Bethesda. 
I, I'm not the guy that typically preaches, if this is your first time, get back online next week, and you'll hear Pastor Chad. He's a, he's a wonderful man of God, a great preacher of the gospel. I want to talk to you on this topic for just a little while today. Uh, on this topic, it's called, called entitled, I'm Stepping Through. I'm Stepping Through. That's what I want to talk about. So look with me, Isaiah chapter 45, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him and to loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors. I'm going to get to that. I can't wait to preach that part. So that the gates will not be shut. He said, I will go before you and I'll make the crooked places straight. I'll break in the pieces, the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I'll give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places so that you may, that you may know that I, the Lord who will call you by your name, I am the God of Israel. Come on, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for this great church. I thank you for the celebration week that we're a part of and all that you've done. But Father, the best days of Bethesda are not behind us, but they are ahead of us. Father, I pray that preaching this morning would be easy, enjoyable, and effective, and that the touch of the Holy Ghost would indeed make the difference. God, thank you for what you're going to do. Now, open up the heart, the ear, the spirit of the listener, and let them be receptive, and God, you accomplish what needs to be done in this house, and all God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated. I'm stepping through. Now, I believe that this message is for a lot of people in this place today. Some of you may just hear a sermon, but others of you are going to hear a prophetic word that I believe God has sent me with all that we've been through to get to this place. I know I'm here on assignment to give a prophetic word over this house. You see, Isaiah prophesies here in chapter 45 about things that would not happen for 200 years. It's significant. He speaks of the purpose and the plan of a man that hasn't even been born yet. He calls him by name and he looks through the lens of heaven and unfolds the destiny of a man, his assignment, and his purpose. This should make everybody in the room rejoice because God has a plan and he's got a purpose and he's got a destiny for everybody that's in this room. You're not here by accident today. God ordained your steps to be in the room and to be a part of this great church. God has destiny for you. The prophet who wrote this text, Isaiah, has been called by some theologians the, 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 as the Paul of the Old Testament. For his writings, as you read in this book, uh, are, are eloquent and they're significant writings. And it becomes even more appealing when you understand uh, that the man who wrote these words and when you look at his name and you translate it. If you look at Isaiah, it means Jehovah has saved. It means to be saved in battle. It means to provide victory over trouble. If you loosely divine his name. It means God's victory giver or victory releaser. I want to tell somebody today, God sent me by to tell you God's victory is available for every single person and he wants to release victory in your life today. So I, I want you to know as we look at this, I know sometimes we preach thematic messages, but I'm going to go through verse by verse in this message today. So let's get right to it. The first thing that we see in the, the first verse that we read is Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus. 
Now, some of you are really smart in this room. You're, you're Bible people. You, you know how to read the Bible. You, you, you study it well. In fact, some of you are smarter than me, and that's okay. I'm good with that. Amy's smarter than me. Chad's smarter than me. Karen's smarter than me. You're smart. That's all right. I'm good. But since I got the mic, I'm going to tell you all about Cyrus the king. And when you look at Cyrus the king, he was a pagan king. He was a mess, and he had issues. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you got issues. Some of y'all enjoyed that way, way too much when you said that now. But you see, he was a king, and he, he was messed up. He had issues. He had struggles, and, and he wasn't all that God needed him to be. But God still spoke to him. He spoke to him even though he had problems and even though he had difficulties. Aren't you thankful today that God still speaks to us in spite of our mess, in spite of our issues, in spite of our difficulties? God still has a word for us, and he still speaks to us today. I'm thankful that God spoke to me when I wasn't cleaned up, when I wasn't all fixed up, when I wasn't serving him, God still got my attention and said, Kevin, I've got something for you to do for the kingdom of God. And if you're watching this or listening to this today, I want you to know that even in the midst of your struggle, even in the midst of your problem, even in the midst of your difficulty, even in the midst of your issue, guess what? God wants to speak to you and tell you exactly what he has for your life to do for the kingdom. So he speaks to him, and he, he doesn't call him by his problem, but he calls him by his potential. I'm thankful for that. And this is what he says. He calls Cyrus, and he says, my anointed. Now, this doesn't make sense. He's a pagan king. How in the world could this, this pagan king be anointed? Well, I'm glad you asked. The word anoint in this text, according to the Hebrew, is a Mashiach anointing. It's a, it's a messianic or the anointing of the Messiah. He spoke to him and said, I know you, you're a mess and you got troubles, you got issues, but I still believe that I can use you for my kingdom advancement. I see you by your potential, but there's going to be a flow of anointing in your life. I know what some of you are thinking. How in the world could God anoint somebody who's pagan? How, how could he let that Mashiach anointing be on common men? Well, if you look at the Bible, we see it 39 times where this same anointing was on people. Pastor, prove it. I'm glad you asked. If you look at David, he had this type of anointing. You look at Abraham, he had this type of anointing. You look at Moses, he had this type of anointing. You see, if God would anoint a pagan king to do something for his will, how much more does God want to anoint those who are followers of him, those who have been blood-bought, blood-washed, those that believe in the Bible? Bible, those that are filled with his spirit, those that are called according to his purpose and love him. How much more anointing does God want to place upon you and me today? I tell you, it's large. The Bible said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery for sight for the blind, to set liberty at those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I want to tell somebody in this room, you're about to walk into an anointing that God has for you in this new season like never before. It's a powerful anointing. If he would anoint Cyrus, a pagan king, and it was a strong anointing, how much more does God want to anoint you? So we see that he's dealing with a pagan king here, and he says, I'm going to anoint you. But then he says, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. Now, this is powerful. This is strong here. The Hebrew connotation in this text means to hold the hand 
of a feeble person. It means to hold the hand of a weak person and to bring them aid. What God is saying to Cyrus in this text is what I'm about to do through you is so big, you can't even do it by yourself. You're too weak to bring it to pass. The only way that what I'm going to do is going to happen is if I take you by the hand and I see you to it and help you through it. God says to Cyrus, I'm going to help you and lead you into places that you are not qualified to go. I'm going to take you to places that you don't even deserve. You're going to be able to flow in my anointing. I'm going to give you my words. I'm going to give you my power. I'm going to give you my ability. I'm going to put you there supernaturally. I believe God sent me by this way all the way to Bethesda to tell you God's about to take some of you by the hand and do some supernatural things in your life. He's going to put you in places and in front of people that you did not think was possible. He's going to help you in the moments that you're weak. He's going to bring you a and you will overcome the things that you're facing by the hand of God and you will declare I could not do it by myself but I know God's hand was with me and he helped me every step of the way it's a good place to praise him now watch this he said whose right hand I've held to subdue nations before him. The, the Hebrew, root, Hebrew word for subdue here is called radab which means to beat down I love this I left this out in the first service, but I, I, I just want to, I feel like it's right here. It, it means to beat down. God said to Cyrus, I'm going to take you by the hand and beat down every adversary, every enemy until my purpose manifests in your life. Listen, if you stay humble before the Lord, if you stay right before him, I believe he's going to take you by the hand and give a beat down to every enemy that raises its head against you. You are going to overcome the adversary. Amen. When you study the life of Cyrus, you find out that he conquered every nation around him. It was indescribable how fast his kingdom expanded, but it was all because not that Cyrus was that great, but because God somehow touched him and helped him. Some of you need to quit looking at the adversary as though he's got more power than you. Listen, the devil does not have more power than you. God is all-powerful. He's able to overcome. When you read the book of Revelation, the, God said that I'm going to send an angel, one angel to take care of the enemy. Some of you have uh, the, uh, the enemy enemy elevated so high and think he has all this power but God says when it's time I'm gonna send you what you want to go which one you you want to uh, you go and how you take care of the devil one angel's all it's gonna take our God is all powerful and he's about to give a beat down to the enemy amen so he says I'm gonna take you by the right hand and then he says this he said I'm gonna loose the armor of kings what does this mean there's a couple meanings here as we look at this. The Lord said to Cyrus is that you're going to penetrate and gain victory through spiritual empowerment. What it means is you're about to loose the armor of what has been reigning over your life. And that's for somebody in this room. It's about the armor that what's been reigning over is about to be loose. What does that mean? That means the enemy is about to be vulnerable. That means the beatdown's on the way and the enemy's going to be exposed. The enemy's going to be vulnerable and with the help of God, you're going to overcome everything that you're facing. Listen, sickness has been reigning over your life, but it's got, it's got to go and healing is on the way. Cancer's about to dry up. Depression has been reigning over your life, but I'm telling you, joy is coming in the morning. Uh, you've been worrying, you've been doubting, but I want to tell you, assurance is on the way. Some of you have dealt with 
with addictions and, and things that have had a hold on you, stronghold on you. But I'm telling you, deliverance is on the way. Financial pressure has been reigning over you, but it's vulnerable. And supernatural provision is on the way. Spiritual bondage has held you and kept you down. But I'm telling you, breakthrough is about to ring your doorbell. And you're going to open it up. And you're going to penetrate the enemy in your life. Then it says this. It says, it's another, another translation says, I will lose the loins of kings. Now, loins indicate strength and vigor, but it also means procreative power. I, I want to say this to your pastor. This is for your pastor and the first lady. I, it's for you too, but you just need to listen. I'm going to direct it to them. Hang with me. Don't go nowhere. I'll be right back. Pastor, I want to tell you something. First lady, I want to tell you something. God is going to give you something. He's going to put something in you that needs to be birthed in this new season. Listen, it may have already been in you, and I I believe that it has, but I'm telling you, the time for that birthing process, you're about to step into that. You see, if it would have been birthed in the old season, it wouldn't have survived. But God is saying now that, that as you walk into this new season, and I'm not just talking about a week of celebration. If you think the celebration is all it is, you're missing it. We're just scratching the surface for what God's about to do kingdom-wise through this house. But I'm telling you, it's about to be birthed. It, it, it's coming. It's going to survive in, in, this, in this season. Now, I, I want to speak this over you. Now is the season for enlargement. Oh, I celebrate what God has done in the past in this church. I celebrate this new building. That's what we're here to do. I celebrate the lives that have been changed and transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. But God says you're about to walk into a season of enlargement. You think this is good. Just wait, honey. It's going to get a whole lot better for what God is about to do. You're about to walk into that there's new people coming there's there's resources come on yeah give God praise there's resources coming there's people coming they're coming from the north the south the east the west they're gonna get into this building they're gonna drive by they're not even gonna know why they're coming to White Sulphur Springs and then they're gonna see the Bethesda sign and they're gonna pull in the parking lot come on give him praise right there hey Praise the Lord. He's about to do something brand new. Oh, I know he's doing good things. I feel the Lord right here. I know he's doing good things in here, but he's about to do something brand new, not just in this church, but something brand new in your life. Some of you have been praying, God, I need something brand new. God's about to do the new thing in this new season for Bethesda Church. The Bible said this in Isaiah 43. Come on, sit down, sit down, sit down. I'll get you back up in a second, hopefully. Amen. The Bible said in Isaiah 43, 18, 19, it said, don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. One verse it says, quit going over old history. He says, I'm about to do a new thing. He says, now it shall spring forth. It says, don't you see it? Don't, don't you know that it's there? Shall you not know it? He said, I'm going to make a river, a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Listen, God is about to do some incredible new things in this house. You say, well, pastor, we got a new building. Well, glory to God. It's just a vehicle that God is going to use to create new things that are going to happen through this house. Amen. Pastor, don't quit. The birthing process may be hard. They say birthing a baby's tough. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Amy could tell me that. I, I know Karen could. I, I know the ladies in the house would give me a, a strong amen on that. I, I, I had my calves were tight when Amy was giving birth to the baby, but it doesn't compare, right? You know, I, I hate to even say that. At least I wasn't like one of my friends that passed out when his wife was giving birth. That, that wasn't me. But I know it's tough. 
You can't quit in the middle of it. Stay with it. Family, you got to get behind the visionary of this house. God has placed him in the office of the pastor. I know you know this. This is, this is a house of honor. I, I know that. But they placed him, God's placed him in the first lady in the, in the office that they reside in to be the visionary for this house. He has a kingdom agenda. And he's going to do incredible things for the kingdom of God. So I want to tell you, it may be hard at times, but I'm telling you, stay with the process. So he, said, so he says this, we see, I will loose the armor of kings. Then he says, I will go before you and I'll make the crooked places straight. Listen, I believe God's about to straighten some things out. He's going to straighten some things out. Listen, he's going to straighten some people out. Quit looking down the road right now. Come on, don't, 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 don't point fingers right now. I believe he's going to straighten some people out. I believe he's going to straighten some behavior out. Some of you going to shout right there. He's going to straighten some children out. Children out. Uh, some of y'all with me on that, amen. I almost said children, but uh, children out. Some, somebody's going to straighten your marriage out. He's going to straighten out some financial situations. He's going to straighten some deals out. Listen, God is going to get there before you get there. That's what he wanted to tell me. Listen, I'm thankful for the times that God has shown up and got ahead of me. It looked bad. It looked crooked. It looked like there'd be no way that he was going to straighten it out. But as I got around the curve, guess who I saw? It was the king of all kings, already there ahead of me beginning to straighten it out and I need to tell somebody it may look crooked in your life but trust God that he is ahead of you making the crooked places straight God's already gotten to it I'm, I'm thankful that God's already gotten to it. I, I know there's some things that, that you want to see happen at Easter. He's already there. I know you got some plans already for the fall of two, uh, 2019. He's already there. I know you got some big things for the beginning of 2020. He's already there. I know you already think about your year's celebration of being in this building. Guess what? He's already there. He's making the crooked places straight. And for somebody in this room, there's been some crooked things happen to you. I want to tell you, continue to hold on to the hand of God. Stay submitted to him and watch him get ahead of the crooked thing and make it straight. Amen. Then he says this. He says, I'll break in pieces the gates of bronze and the bars of iron. What does this mean, pastor? It means the gates of bronze and the bars of iron. They represent the power to keep things locked up. I need to tell someone there's been some things in your life that seem like they've been locked up. But God says today, I'm, I'm removing all of it. I, I, I'm unlocking it. I, I'm throwing away the key. The bars are going to be gone. The, 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 the gates of bronze, the, the bars of iron, I'm getting them out of the way. You, what it really means is the things that the enemies tried to lock up, you're about to move beyond all those things of your past, all the things that he's tried to remind you of and kept you locked up in those mistakes, in those failures, in those mess-ups, in those issues. He's tried to lock you in there and say, you're never going to get out of this. What God is saying is, I'm going to remove all of that, and you're about to have access to me into my presence like you've never had before. That ought to make somebody shout. He said, I'm going to remove all this. And then he says this. He said, I'll give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches in the secret places. Many of you have been through some dark seasons and dark places in your life. If you've never been through a dark season, let me go ahead and tell you, first I want to meet you uh, because that's not normal. But if you've never been through a dark season, guess what? You're going to go through a dark season at some point. I remember in 2012, 2012 was one of the worst, worst years of my life. Amy and I were, not, not, not from the standpoint of just, you know, living, but it, it was a tough year for me. I was pastor in Huntsville, Alabama. We'd been there for almost a couple of years, and the enemy tried to mess with my mind a little bit at the beginning of 2012. He tried to make me believe something about my spouse that simply was not true. 
made me believe that she was doing something behind my back and was unfaithful to me. I want to be very clear, she was not. It was a trick and a scheme of the enemy, but for months, I battled this in my mind. It was a dark place for me. I mean, I would check her phone. I'd call her and say, where are you? I didn't know they had a Life 360 app back then, you know, or if it was even created, but I, I was just always trying to check up on her because the enemy had me convinced that she was unfaithful. You may never have been there. You never may have the enemy attack your mind, but I promise you it was real. It caused friction in our marriage, and it caused friction in our ministry. And here we are trying to lead the church, and I'm the lead pastor of the church, and the enemy's attacking my mind, making me believe all these things, just chattering in my ear. Maybe you've never been there before, but I'm telling you, if you've ever had the enemy attack your mind, you know what I'm talking about. Finally, the Lord helped me through that, and I worked through that, and I, I had to apologize to her and, uh, for even doubting, doubting her faithfulness uh, to me and our marriage relationship. She, she has always been, and had always been faithful to me. There was never a reason. She gave me no reason to, to believe otherwise, but the enemy worked on me and had me convinced it was a dark place. I worked through that, and come May of 2012, I was walking in my kitchen, and I went to grab my keys off the counter, and I turned left, and my left knee completely gave way. I said, I've got a problem here. I, my knee just gave way. I, I, I tore my left quad tendon and went through the process of surgery and rehab, and that was a, about a three, four-month process, and it was crazy, all the things that I had to go through in, in, in that process. It was challenging, and difficult. And then after recovering from the knee surgery, two months later, I had to go in for emergency gallbladder surgery. This is all the same year, y'all. I'm going to say y'all, right? It's all, I mean, it's all the same year. And so I'm going through that and I, I get out and they're like, oh, you're going to be just fine now. Gallbladder is going to be fine and good. And two and a half weeks after surgery, I lost 17 pounds. I know I don't look like it now. I've been back to a buffet. I'm good. I'm good now. But I mean, I, I, I know, I know back then I'd lost 17 pounds. I didn't know it, but I had a bile leak in my system. Just bile was being dumped into my body. I should have died. I should have died. But God. Listen, I want to tell you something. It was a dark season of my life. And I'll never forget one night my kids and, and my wife, uh, they were downstairs and Amy was cooking me chicken noodle soup because that's about what I could eat, chicken noodle soup, crackers, and Sprite. During this season of sickness, my, my, my wife and my family, they were having pizza and Chester's cheese puffs. They're going to be in heaven. And, and I mean, it's all, all the, I mean, just drink. I mean, they were having a good time. We probably had Little Debbie Nutty Bars because I've eaten one or two of those. I mean, we, we had all this going on. And my wife said to me, Kevin, come on down everything's ready season the dark place and I remember leaning over the over the balcony of our steps of our house and I could hear my kids laughing I could hear Amy and them talking and I, and I just couldn't even walk around the corner to go down the steps and I yelled down to him I said y'all go ahead I just don't feel like I feel I don't feel like eating I don't I don't feel like being down I just feel so weak and so I went and lay back down in the bed, and I looked up at the ceiling fan. We had the tray lights on. The TV was on. I don't remember what was on. But I just laid there, and I began to cry. It was a dark place. I don't know if you've ever been there. It was a dark place, and I was laying there. And all of a sudden, I looked up at the, the ceiling fan, and I told the Lord, crying, I said, God, if you're not going to heal me, go ahead and take me, because I'm worth about a million to my family. If you're not going to heal me, I can't live like this. I can't stay in this place. So if you're not going to raise me up, just go ahead and take me on. You know, Amy will have to marry for money because she married for looks this time. Come on, somebody. I mean, she'll have to do that the next time around. 
You know, I got all that, but I'm telling you, if you don't raise me up, just go ahead and I'll just come on be with you. And I lay there and I wept and I cried. And I want you to know, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I didn't tell this part in the first service. I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit enter into that room. And all I could do is cry and lift up my hands because I felt God in the room saying, I'm not done with you yet. I know you're in a dark place. I I know you're in a dark place, but I'm right in the middle of the dark place. Listen, I want to tell you something, that in the middle of the dark place, freedom is in the dark place. In the middle of the dark place, faith arises in the dark place. In the middle of the dark place, peace shows up. In the middle of the dark place, his presence is still there. In the middle of the dark place, the supernatural power of God is still there. In the middle of the dark place, there's deliverance that shows up. I want to tell you that there are still hidden treasures even in the middle of your dark place if you look for God. Come on, that's a good place to praise him right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him, Jesus. Come on one more time. Shout right there. Just just real quick. I'm almost done. See, I told them to come out because that, you know what that means for a Pentecostal preacher when the band comes out? Nothing. Anyway, so. (laughs) It'll help me get done a little bit faster. But you see, we need to shout and rejoice even in the midst of the dark place. And I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell somebody. I was praying from Jackson on the plane. Amy and I, there wasn't a lot of people on that plane because not a lot of people flying out of Jackson. Let me just go and tell you. We were in the exit row. She was on one side. I was on the other side. And I was looking out the window. And I could, I could see the storm. I could see the storm that we were flying around. I could see the lightning go. And as I looked out the window, the Lord just prompted my spirit say, son, there are people all going to be in that building that are going through some storms in their life and they're just not sure how to navigate it because they're stuck in the dark place. And God wanted me to tell you, if you hold on to the hand of an almighty God, he'll help you navigate around the storm in the dark place and he'll even provide hidden treasures. I feel that. Hidden treasures in the dark place. Let me, let me, let me put a bow on this thing. And the last thing that we see the Bible said to open before him the double door so that the gates would be, will, will not be shut. I know some of you are, are very structured people, and I've messed you up because this was like the second line in the text, and I skipped it. I know some of you said, he skipped it. He won't come back. No, it's intentional. He said to open before him the double door so that the gates will not be shut. Listen, I prophesy over this house, Pastor. I prophesy over all the people that are here today. You are about to enter into a season that there's going to be continual flow. Hear me. You're about to enter into a season, family, where there's going to be continual flow. What what does that mean? A flow of God's anointing. A flow of God's blessing. A flow of God's power. I believe a flow of salvation. More people giving their hearts to the Lord than ever before. I believe a flow of His Spirit being poured out. I believe a flow of financial resource. Listen, I believe there's somebody in this room, God's going to give you a God kind of idea. And when God gives you that God kind of idea, He's giving it to you, not for your benefit. If you want to buy a house on the Greenbrier, no problem. I'll be glad to stay in it anytime you want me to. But He's going to give you that God kind of idea to fund the kingdom. And this is your storehouse. Oh, I didn't shout too much there, but it's true. 
it's not going to be a situation, Pastor, of it open and closing. And sometimes they open a door and then it just shuts because we got that automatic close. And sometimes we think in our life, it, it opens and it shuts. But I'm telling you, this, these doors are going to remain. There's going to be a constant flow. I feel this in my spirit. There's going to be a constant flow, constant flow, constant flow. Now, I'm not talking about people going in and out, leaving, coming and going. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a flow of people being drawn to this place. You know, when you get into a heavy current, you can't help but go with the current. I'm telling you, there's a current. Ooh, I feel this. There, there's a current of the moving of the Spirit of God that's happening in this area. Mm, I feel this. I got to tell somebody in the room, you have experienced doors in the past. Single doors. But this is the whole point of the message. God says no longer single doors, but you need to get ready for the double doors. Aha. Uh -huh. Hey, you need to get ready for the double doors. Listen. I declare this, I prophesy over this house. What God has for Bethesda, Pastor, is no longer going to be able to get through just one door. It's not just one door. It can't fit through one door. I barely can fit through one door. Don't say amen. I, I, can, I can barely fit through one door, but I'm telling you what, what God is about to do. It's no longer a single door. It's double doors. I, I, I am amazed at what God has already done. I'm amazed. I don't even know how you did what you did for the year. I don't know how y'all did it. Y'all are amazing for doing what you've done over the last however many years you've done it. Adding services and, and, and people serving and giving of themselves. It's been amazing to see what God has done. But that was a single door. That was a single door. But what God is about to do is a, it's a double door thing. I feel this. It's a double door thing. Now, I need to tell some of y'all, have you ever been in a situation where you thought God was about to open the door and you're about to cross the threshold and you put your fingers in it and the door shut and your fingers were still in it? Anybody? Two people. Amen. I've been there. Okay, let me make it like this. Has anybody ever walked through a door and you accidentally shut your hand in a door physically? Now, I don't know about y'all. Y'all probably more saved than me, but praise the Lord was not the first thing that hit my head. One lady was, well, what's for me, pastor? I said, praise the Lord immediately. Well, praise the Lord for you. Amen. And it feels like sometimes the Lord, you thought it was a door. Listen, Amy and I, one time in ministry, we thought we were going to this church, and I'm not going to say the name of the church because some of you all know it. We were in on Monday. We had a starting salary. We had a budget. We had a starting date. By Wednesday, it backed up, and by Friday, we were out, and somebody else was in. I looked at my wife, and my wife was crying, and she said, what's wrong with us? I said, nothing. She goes, why would the Lord do this to us? I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Because I felt like my hand was still in the door. But you see, what I didn't know was, what I didn't understand was I was crying over the single door. I was crying over the single door, but what God said was, I know it looks like a single door has shut, but if you'll just peek around the corner, what I've got for you is not a single door, but it's a double door. Ah, it's a double door. Some of you need to stop crying over the single doors that God has shut. Some of you need to stop crying over that person that's left you. You need to stop crying over that job that didn't work.
woman that doesn't call you anymore. You need to stop crying about that man or that woman that you didn't marry because God's got somebody better on the other side of the double door. Hey! Just say, stand here. I got to quit. I got to quit. I got to quit. What, what does the double doors mean? What's the meaning of the double doors? Let me give it to you really quickly. What's the meaning of the double doors? The double doors are defined this way. They're defined as a treasure chest. What does that mean? I believe God is about to open unlimit the unlimited. I'll say it this way. Chad, uncommon. You know what that means. Uncommon. Ooh, man, I don't have time to preach that, but maybe you'll let me come back sometime. I, the uncommon, the unlimited. It also means the doors of heaven. It means the double doors of God's supernatural power. His supernatural provision is about to be released in the new season as you step through the double doors. The last one is this, doors that are easily accessible. I, I told Pastor the last service, I didn't know what it was called. I think Pastor Josh helped me out. It's called a walking sidewalk. I called it a walking escalator. I told you I'm not real smart. The walking escalator. You ever seen that in the airport? You know, you can get on that. You, you stand on the right. You pass on the left. And everybody else walks on the natural ground. I told your pastor, and this is what I believe for you, and I believe for this house. God is about to make some things that were once difficult easy. You're about to, as you step through the double doors, you're going to step through on that walking sidewalk. And there's going to be people. They're good people. They're good people that are going to be on your right. They're going to be over here. But God's going to get, I'm telling you, I feel, I feel spiritual advancement. It's going to be what was difficult. Doesn't mean everything's going to be easy, but it's going to be a lot easier than it was as you step on that walking escalator. For some of you in this room, when you walk through the double doors, you're going to advance a lot more quickly than what you have in the past as a, as a result of walking through the double doors. Now, 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 let me close it like this. Let me close it like this. We started with Cyrus. Say, Pastor, I, I don't really get how all this works with Cyrus. Well, let me give you the name of Cyrus. Mm, this is good. The name of Cyrus is Keeper of the Furnace, Keeper of the Fire. Another translation is Possessor of the Flame. Listen, if God would anoint, I, I'm about to pray for myself and cover my own self up. I'm so happy. Listen, if God, God would anoint a pagan king, and you're his son and daughter if you will stay connected to him and be a keeper of the flame if you would be a possessor of the flame what does that represent that re represents the spirit and the power of the most high god if you will do that god's about to open double doors and all you got to do is step through no you didn't get it if you if you hold on to the hand of the Lord, yes, if you hold yes. on to God himself and say, God, I know I can't do it in my ability. I know I can't do it all by myself, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. I know you're removing the bars. I know you're about to make things easy. I, I'm going to be dependent upon you. And when the double doors are there, if you'll be a possessor of the flame, when the time is right, you'll know the doors will swing open. You'll have them by the hand and you'll step through.
I need to tell somebody in the room, I'm about to do some stepping. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to give me some room. You're going to have to give me some room. I'm about to do some stepping in here. I know I'm white, and that's okay, but I'm still about to do some stepping in here. I, 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 all the people that got rhythm, help me out. Help me out. Help me out. But we're about to do some stepping in here. Why? Because I'm telling you, there are double doors. I see double doors. Does anybody see double doors in here? I, I, I see double doors. I, I, I see double doors. I see double doors. I see double doors. Y'all ain't say nothing to me. I see double doors. 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 I see double. Y'all ain't y'all ain't hearing me. I see double doors. I see double doors. telling you I see double doors and we're about to step through. We're about to step through into what God has for us. We're about to, Bethesda is about to enter into a double door season. I don't know about you, but I'm about ready to step through into the double door season. Now here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Come on, bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me. Those that are watching online, I, I do this, we got to do this before we do anything else. If you need Jesus, you say, Pastor, you get awful excited. This praise team gets awful excited when they were raising a hallelujah. The pastor was a little excited when he was up on the platform. That's right, we're fanatical. We love Jesus. He's changed our life. If you knew our story, you know why we shout. You know why we rejoice. You know why we get excited about him. But if you say today, Pastor Kevin, I need this Jesus in my life. If that's you. Come on, raise your hand, and I want to pray for you before we do any, before we step through any double doors. You see, I, I'm thankful for the anointing on the pagan king, but I want you to have the anointing of a son and daughter woo, of the Father. Say, Pastor Kevin, pray for me. Pastor Kevin, pray for me. We got five online that say, I want to know Jesus. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Say, Pastor Kevin, I see you right there in the middle. I see you. I see you in the back. I, 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 I see about two or three hands. I see you in the back. There's another one. Uh, already about nine people. There's another one in the back. There's ten. Is there anybody else? Come on. Come on. Now's your time to know him. Now's your time to know him. Now's your time to know him. Is there anybody else? All right, let's pray this prayer together. Which camera? Let's pray this prayer. Come on, repeat it after me. Say, Father. Come on, say, Father. I know I'm a sinner. And I'm in need of a Savior. I believe you are that Savior. I believe you're the Son of the living God. I believe you came to this earth. You grew up as a man. You went to the cross. You shed your blood. You died. You were buried. But you rose again, just like the Bible says. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. It's a new start with you. And I'm going to step through the double doors into this new season. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me in your precious name. Amen. Somebody celebrate. Now, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I don't know about you, but I feel like stepping. Uh, I feel like stepping today. I, 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 go ahead. Y'all going to have to give me some room. You're going to have to give. Just, go ahead. Just say, give me some room. Give me some. Y'all ain't moving. Y'all not going to participate. I, I, give me some room. I got to. Come on, man. Right there in the hat. You look good. T say, give me some room, girl. I got to have some room. Because we're about to do some stepping. We're going to step through. 
because God sent me by this way to tell Bethesda Church, to tell Pastor Chad, to tell First Lady Miss Karen that God's about to allow you to step through into a double door season. I'm telling you, I don't know what God's about to do, but I'm telling you, I sense this in my spirit. Miracles signs and wonders miracles signs and wonders i didn't say that last service miracles signs and wonders you're about to step through ah praise the lord are you ready are you ready to step hey, give me some step in music band come on give me some i'm i'm I would step off there, but I'd hurt myself. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back here. All right, we're gonna step on the count of three. One, come on, get ready. I'm telling you, I see double doors in the house. I see double doors in your life. I see the gates. I see the bars. I see the locks being open. Two, I'm telling you, we're about to step into a new season. God's about to do something brand new. Two and a half. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, watch out. Watch out. Give me some room. Two and three corners. We're about to do this thing. We're about to do this thing. Are you ready? On three, we're going to step. Are you ready? Three. I know they're going to sing. I don't know what time you get out of the second service, but there's some of you in this room. God says you're about to come out of the dark place. You're about to come out of the place that you've been locked up in. It's time to let go of the past. You're about to step through. I know we stepped, but maybe you need somebody to agree with you. Prayer team, get ready. But I declare over this house, it's a new season. It's a double door season. And Father, we have stepped through to what you have intended for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now let's celebrate. Come on. Let's proclaim it. Come right on, let's now. celebrate. Sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. lost this grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living Lord. you say hallelujah hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost this grip on me Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.